Duncan. Rich. Can you give me your um, best Formula One car called like driving impression? Because mine goes. I can't. I can't anymore. Um, <gasps> now, now that the now that the engines are hybrid V sixes, they they it's, it's pathetic. It's How, really bad. When's the last time you went to one, like an actual Formula One? Like, I've never been to an f- actual Formula One. Even I've fucking I've ne- been Duncan. I'm like rubbish. Wait, you've you've been to F one. I have dunk. I went to Silverstone, but I only I bunked school when I was a kid, and I went to the practice session at Silverstone, and it was one of my favorite memories from childhood. It was a lot of fun, and I got to see that sexy Jaguar in person, and they had a model version of it or whatever that you could walk around and look at. And at the time, we didn't have like cameras like we do now, but I did take using my Polaroid camera. I did take a picture of it. I must have it in a shoebox somewhere. If I find it, I'll send it to you. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, no, I've never been. It's, it's always been one of those things. I get that being there is arguably the only way that you get a true sense of the speed of the sport. Yeah. But you, you get to see the car zip past you at, you know, just shy of 200 miles an hour. That's and it. then you have to wait an entire minute and a half yeah. before it zips past you again. That's it. It's just like, yeah, I'd, I'd rather sit at home and get all of the, uh, the commentary yeah, no, and the views right. and all the analysis and stuff. You're right. It's a bit of a whore fest, like the amount of celebrities that go there um is mad oh it yeah it's it's a magnet for celebrities it is um certainly in the past year now that american grand prix are, are very popular it's become very very uh celebritized i bet it fucking is are you ready for uh today's question yes is it about formula one no believe it which is going to do three three podcasts about f1 it is sport though i'm in a sporty mood Lay it on me, mate. Lay it on me. When will women's football get the credit and popularity that it deserves, Duncan? Uh, when England win a World Cup. You think? Yes. Because obviously, I think I think, I, think so. you're, I mean, I reckon you're right to a certain extent. Because obviously, when um, when we won the Euros, that has made women's football grow quite a lot, hasn't it? It has, but then I, it's quite hard not having any sort of young women in my life. Um, it's about the next generation, isn't it? It's about the kids that are coming through the system now. So I don't know whether teenagers who saw England win the Euros, what was it, last summer? Not so much teenagers. It was um, okay. not last summer, summer before. But, um, but young, people, young maybe, kids... Maybe people... Oh, yeah, young young kids. Maybe maybe kids who are entering, you know, getting to the end of primary school yeah, or just it. entering secondary school. They are they are so getting you, more and more into it. But if if they, well, I, yeah, you don't get to see that roll on effect. So I mean, you're you're probably in five years time. If there's a a crop of young um, England or it, just young international players. Um, you might you might see it. The quality has got a lot better, as in like the sport itself, the quality quality wise, it is so much better. Um and the WSL is great to watch. Uh, there's great matches, great teams. Much like the men's, you've you've still got your kind of dominating teams, your Chelsea, your Man City, your Arsenal, um to Not some... Manchester United though, because they did not invest enough money in it early on. And that's exactly what I think me and you have talked about before is like it's all about investment 
and they they all those clubs invested and that's why they're doing so well though saying that Tottenham this this transfer season are investing massively in the women's um, team we've signed three four players now and all internationals um Swede, a couple of Swedish players um I think the other one's Japanese and um Charlie Grant from Australia who I love um so we are really starting to invest ourselves as well. So it, I think more and more teams are going to invest in women's football because they see, on a business side of things, I think they see the popularity of it growing more um, and seeing more happen. But the, the, the annoying thing is, like, I watch um, the Spurs ladies team matches every week. Um, what I love about women's football is that it's quite accessible TV-wise, as in there's the FA player that you can watch all the games for free on your phone, uh, Sky Sports show some games BBC show some games um, really annoyingly they don't show the League Cup and the FA Cup um, they only show certain matches not all the matches which is annoying because if we want to grow the sport people should be able to watch it and see it something Alex Morgan used to um, talk about when she was playing for Spurs over here how we need to grow the sport I think a lot of the reason I love Alex Morgan is because of how much she's tried to empower um, women's football and promote women's sport and she has been brilliant at it and was very good at it and that tea celebration still makes me giggle um, and is very iconic um, but when you watch the games you see how low the attendance is the attendance is still not big enough unless the so Spurs women's team for example get about three games that they get to play at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium usually Spurs Man United Spurs Arsenal Spurs Chelsea I think um, and maybe Spurs Man City so maybe it's the big big four as such um, and they, they, they that's when they get kind of the most um, attendances but from week to week Spurs play at Leighton Orient's ground and they don't fill up Leighton Orient's ground they fill up like a, a, a few a stand or two so there's still um, a lot missing from it I think that's the big issue I think the the big issue is the fact that they're not playing at the... Uh, it shouldn't just be the men's team's ground. It should be the team's ground, senior team's ground. You know, you're not yeah. going to play your under-21s at, at uh, White Hart Lane, for example. But if you've got both the men's and the women's... And this, again, is my argument for having the men's and the women's league linked. I love that idea. I actually really love that idea, Dunk. Because that way, there is always going to be football played at your ground. So if Spurs are playing away at Manchester United, the women's team are playing home at Tottenham. It makes complete sense to me. And like funding-wise, it, it would be fantastic because then all those big teams would have to fund the women's sport because they want, they don't want to drop down in the leagues. So then, funding for women's sport gets better. It gets onto an equal kind of stage and way, and and it's more inclusive and equality wise. I, I fucking love it, Dunk. I think it's a great idea. I don't actually understand how no one's kind of gone for it, but I guess there's still a lot of um, very old men in charge of kind of these decisions. Oh, 100%, 100%. And also because I think the return on investment is not quite as high with the women's sport, there'll be a lot of people saying, well, yeah, but we're not going to sell out White Hart Lane if uh, Tottenham are playing our Tottenham's, uh, you know, it's a, a, a North London derby. It's not going to be a sellout if it's the women's. And it's just like, well, 
it could be. And if you think, if you schedule it so that the, the games don't run at the same time, there would also be scope for you in the bars at these grounds yes. hosting the other game. So you can go to White Hart Lane for a day. You're essentially going to be buying a day's worth of food and drink. Yeah. You're going to watch a live game in person and you also get the opportunity to watch the other game, be it male or female, in the bars and just enjoy the atmosphere. Like yeah. they could even... That is a put great the game model. on the big screens in the actual stadia and you can just have like a, a cauldron of sound and everybody having a shared experience despite the fact they might not actually be at the game. So Tottenham have done that twice um, and I think they've done it possibly the wrong way round where what they've done is they showed the men's game first and then the women's game after and what would happen is obviously a mass exodus after men's game um, and then the women's game kind of has a smaller audience whilst I think you should have the women's game first um, because there are people that are going to go early just to get to the ground early and start, like you said, having a drink um, and watch it and maybe make some new fans that way um, instead of doing it backwards, which doesn't make sense to me. And th the big issue I have is something that you've mentioned as well is, you know, when I, I want to watch Tottenham play, I want to watch the men's team play, I want to watch the women's team play, and what irritates me more than anything in the world is when it's like 2pm on a Sunday, the men are playing and the women are playing at the same time. So I can't watch yeah. both. And that that pisses me off to no end. I also think as well, like the FA Cup final should be why the pitches are in such a condition now that you could surely you can play a double header. Sure, sure. You, they do it in rugby. At, at Twickenham, they, they host two full-on rugby games in a day. They sell out Twickenham and people go and watch it all. Surely, FA Cup final day, you should have the women's game first, men's game afterwards, same day. You pay for the full ticket. Jobs are good. If you don't want to come in early, you can buy only the men's ticket or the, only the women's ticket, maybe at a reduced price. But it should be so intrinsically linked together because I think that's that's the only way that you're going to grow the women's sport is if you piggyback off the, the success and the commercial rights of the men's sure and then through that you'll end up developing um, a culture of better contracts for the women um, you know, the one argument or the one issue that I, I see with women's football at the moment is women aren't offered long enough contracts so they're swapping teams all the time they are like when it it's i was saying this in the um the top um, hotspur women podcast that i do um which that, is available where where can you find it rich and what's it called on apple and spotify it's called the top hotspur women's team podcast it's a long name i know but i wanted to make it clear that it was top hotspur and it was women's um it's a good time listen to it uh i um Oh, I've lost. I was so busy pro promoting that that I forgot my fucking thought there. What were you just saying, Doug? Uh, I was talking about it should be in, oh uh, the footballers moving team to team it, because yeah. contracts are in yeah. such a dire strait at the so, moment that they just yeah. The issue with that is it's really hard to get attached to a player for your team now because yes they go they go so quickly they jump teams so quickly like Alana Kennedy. I loved her and she was at Spurs for I think just one season and now she's at Man City um, doing really well but like they just move around so quick that it's so rare that when that you get a player that's actually 
there for a long time. We've got Ashley Neville at Tottenham, and she's a legend. Molly Bartrett's been there for quite a long time as well. Um, but and I think Rosella Yan's been there for quite a long time now as well. But like they and Becky Spencer, sorry, but they jump quite a lot. Um, so it, it's it's kind of exciting though at the same time where it's a bit like Fever. Like when you play Fever, the fun of it is the fact that you can just buy players every transfer market and improve your team and get rid of players and you you, you tend to change a lot in Fever because it just makes the game more exciting as a game because if you play with the same players all the time it's boring um, so it, it's, it's exciting in that way where everyone moves around but it doesn't really affect the league itself because you still have the same teams dominating it I think we're going to have a huge loss at the end of this season because we've got the fantastic Chelsea manager is leaving to take over the USA job which is going to be a detriment to the WSL and a detriment to uh, us as a England Lionesses because you know she's going to do an amazing job I think with with USA um, and then uh, that said we we going uh, has extended her contract until twenty seven yeah I was, so happy, I was happy about that I was happy about it's, that it's a lovely bit of stability with the national side but mm. you just oh, it's just annoying yeah I mean it's We've got the the issue with like shirt sales and stuff and loyalty to players and clubs is like I could go out and I could buy a, a Kerr t shirt, you know, a, a Kerr shirt and wear that. And I, I'd probably get a good bit of mileage out of it. But if she suddenly joins another team. Yeah. Or if there's always a risk that in like a year's time the, the person whose name's on the back of my shirt isn't gonna be playing for my club anymore. I'd just buy a normal blank shirt. Sure, sure. By the way, on a quick tangent, so it's I love Sam Kerr. She's an amazing player, an amazing athlete. Fucking and, injured. And it is such a shame that she keeps getting these injuries. Is it, is it, is it an ACL one as well? I think it might be ACL. Which there, yeah, it's a uh, ACL huge, at the moment. She um, had an operation on it last week. I, I heard a bit about it. I read a bit about the ACL situation in women's football. And what I'd read was that the trainers... Um, that women are playing in are still kind of more designed for men um, and they haven't kind of specialised enough in the appropriate tra- trainers um, for women professional footballers. That's something that I'd, I'd read up on and heard. But there's a massive dilemma with ACL injuries in women's football and it is such a shame. It boils back to the, um, yeah, everything gets designed for men and not around women or not around the person it shouldn't be either men or women it should be around the specific body of whoever is uh, occupying it and it, it it sucks because standards should be that that um certainly when it comes to injuries and stuff you, you should have um access to the best things to prevent getting injured so the best footwear the best um just the best support really yeah. in all aspects it's why formula one so bad well, what Alex Morgan done so well when she was at Tottenham as well is because um, the funny thing about Alex Morgan is like literally Alex Morgan has more like followers on social media than the actual football team itself. Like That's how popular she is and how much power she has. And um, she came over when she was um, she was she just um, had a had a baby, I think, um, and she was kind of working her way back to fitness for the USA um, before she left us and joined San Diego and, and her new team in a, in the um, American women's football. Um, and she actually fought for the right 
um, for the women's Spurs team to be training at the men's Spurs training facilities so that they actually train with the same facilities as the men. And Alex Morgan obviously always also, I think, was a, probably a spearhead in fighting for the equal pay that the US women's team have managed to get with the US men's team, which is fucking amazing. It's massive, it really is. Which is why it's concerning that uh, Emma has gone over to, to the US to go and uh, be their coach because they've clearly got the financial backing. They do. And um, they've been a powerhouse and it, it would be a, a massive shame, I think, for, for England if um, they don't win a World Cup. Well, we also lose a lot of our best players. Like, for example, um, the brilliant uh, right-back Lucy Bronze uh, plays for Barcelona in Spain. And you've got um, Mary Earps, his contract's running out. And it looks like, at the moment, the rumours are that she might be going to PSG. So we're losing the best goalie in the world. The goalie who was so good and so sought after that Nike bowed to peer pressure and released her kit twice Damn and straight. sold out Damn twice. This is like, if that is not a testament to how much investment there should be from... Comp- I'm, but again, this is the problem. It's like Nike should be putting equal opportunity for men and women to buy a kit that is a male or women's kit. Yeah. It shouldn't be an either or. You shouldn't have to wear a men's kit to go and watch a women's game. You should yeah. have the option. Yeah. I think the one thing that annoys me with it is that obviously they do try and capitalize on it in the I think internationally it annoys me. In the club, for example, Tottenham, the men's kit and the women's kit is the same. Yeah, for the international, no. The Lionesses have a different kit to the men's kit, which doesn't make it inclusive to me. I think that's just a cash grab. It doesn't. Um, I could see... Because a lot of the kits have got like a star above the badge with their achievement. If that was the only difference. like yeah, So, you know, sure, uh, sure. Germany have got their five World Cup stars or whatever sure. it is above above their badge and then yeah I, I could understand that being a, a difference but the fact that like the, the colouring the patterning and it, it is it's Nike cash grabbing and have you seen how expensive Nike kits are well you know how expensive Nike kits are at the I moment do. they are you know 90 quid for a football kit which is ridiculous it's insane and they do two versions as well they do like the authentic player shirt which is like 120 pounds I think and then they do what they consider like the, the fan shirt, which is like 90 quid. It's fucking mad. Yeah, it's the same with rugby. Um, my first ever rugby kit was 50 quid for a men's medium shirt back in 2001 or 2002. I've still got it. Fantastic quality. And then I went to buy another Sari shirt a couple of years back and it was like 90 quid. And that's not a proper wearable for a match shirt. That's a fan shirt. Which still doesn't fit right. It's fucking mad. Mad. Do better, Nike. Do better. Um, quickly before we finish, who's going to win this season? I think, I think Chelsea. I think if we don't miss the impact of Sam Kerr um, over the next couple of months, I I can see us kicking on and winning it. It would be a nice sign off um, for Emma, but. Um, Lauren James has got to stop getting in trouble. 
Um, yeah. 20 minutes, stop. 